Hello and welcome to the Hellas Football Podcast. I'm your host Stephen and joining with me today is a fair few people actually. So first we'll start with Christian. How are you mate? I'm going well thanks mate. It's been a day of sitting on my fat ass watching football and it's been largely enjoyable so I'm having a good one. Yeah, Except the, for the obvious, which we'll get into. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. look, I no complaints from me. I'd love to do that on, <laughs> on a consistent basis. But yeah. Oh, and um, Michael, you're here too. How are you doing, man? Yeah, I just managed to jump on and talk about what the hell happened last night. Yeah. And bloody beautiful. Nearly. Almost beautiful, Michael. Almost. Almost. Maybe no, for, maybe for everyone beautiful. else, yes, but not no. Not, bloody not beautiful. Everyone. That's what I meant. I, I meant every word of that, Steve. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna have words with you later, Nico. How are you, man? I'm sure you're very pleased. I I think uh, Christian hit the nail on the head. Uh, a whole day spent sitting on my ass watching football, but uh, the opposite to Christian, uh, positive result or one result at least. Anyway, for my clubs. Yeah, and look, I think overall it's been a very good night for Greek football with with almost all the results. And um, like as Michael entailed, I'm sure some people would, despite uh, not all the teams winning, would see it as a good uh, evening for Greek football. But you know, we'll we'll get into that uh, eventually. Um, so the first game, speaking of, Panathinaikos played the early fixture against Villarreal and got a massive two 0 win in the first match of their Europa League group stage. You are this scored just before half time. And a second from Spora in the 78th minute gave Panathinaikos the 2-0 win. Nigo, you guys fully deserved it. Villarreal had more possession, but they only had one shot on target the entire game. You called it. I called you Mystic Nick in the <laughs> chat. <laughs> so bravo, Sure. How, how, do you, how did you see this one? Did they have a shot on target? I honestly can't remember it. They had the one shot. One shot on target. On the, in the first half, I, I can't remember it. The only thing I remember was them breaking on a quick transition, which ended in their their old veteran striker Morales wasting a good chance, but that was off target. That that's all I remember. And that it was one way traffic's an understatement. We we Boston game. Oh, I said to you, you said Mystic Nick, and I and I was confident, but I didn't expect us to not only control the game but also dominate it like that. Okay, they had the possession, but from really from the opening whistle, from the opening minute, we pressed them so hard. And our energy just suffocated them out of the game. And it was probably for the better that uh, Jova didn't start Vilena. And we saw Setting come in. And it was his best game in a while. And a lot of players had their best game in a long time. Uh, you can put Schenkeveld in that category. Uh, man of the match for me, he's got to go to a forward player. But as far as defenders go, it was probably the pick of the lot. Uh, the goal we scored, it, it was coming just before that. I was saying, like, we're on top. We just need to create something. And right on, right on cue, we did. Um, what I love the most about it, it was a goal created by, literally created by Greeks. It was a goal made in Greece, assisted by a Greek and finished off by a Greek. And Ioannidis, we said, if he can add just some goals to his game and grab five, six Europa League goals, his price is going to skyrocket his value. And and we're, we're seeing it now. This is his, his first group stage goal. Hopefully many more to come. Then we grew after the goal. We just, we kept growing and growing and honestly I was thinking game management, but then we made it 2-0. But by, by the time you're thinking game management, take it into the corners, subs, fresh legs, and it was it was, it was was comfortable. The only thing that, that pisses me off, and I shouldn't be saying I'm, I'm over the moon, we won. I really am. But if we'd finished, like Vilena broke through, he had options left and right at one point. 
if he passed, I, I, I reckon to the right, we finish. I think it was Aitor he had. We finish. There's three. And then Aitor, the ball falls to him in the box very late on in the game. In stoppage time, Magnuson can't get on the end of it. There's another chance wasted there. We could have really rubbed salt into the wound, but I'll take it. I'm over the moon. Yeah, and look, that's the power of Ioannidi, um, of uh, um, for the team, and also Jovanovic as a manager. You know, excellent coach as we've the seen thing in your competition. With your Ioannidis, I still don't think he can last the full ninety, especially in Europe, and that's why Jovanovic got the sub spot on. Not only the actual the actual subs themselves, the timing of them, bringing Sporar and, and what a, what a finish by the way, Sporar. All the players, us, us Panathinaikos fans have bagged. Kotsiras, assist, Sporar, goal, Bernard, all last season and pre-season copying it. For me, he was my man of the match. I know Palacios also had a blinder. Bernard, sensational as well. All, all the players that were in the firing line, excelling. And and the the uh, the, the videos that were coming out of all the Panathinaikos fans at Oaka, Nico, looked amazing. It was fully packed out and I'm sure that atmosphere helped create a... a a, a great, um, you know, evening for Bantanagos and was quite intimidating for the opponent as well. I was a cauldron. I, I remember, I think I said, I think it was you I said it to. They've gone to the Bernabeu. They go there every year, the new camp. But playing in front of this Bantanagos crowd is different. And, and they, they felt it. They saw it firsthand, Villarreal. And we yeah. said they can be got at, you know. it's they, they, We had to pray on, on their weak league form. Coach sacking. They sold off their best players. We 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 had to we had to take it to him and we did. Yeah, and and look, this is a great result for Bathanogos in the grand scheme of things because it starts your your campaign off right. And you know, we even said it's as you guys have a difficult enough group, but then at the same time, there was always an outside chance you could maybe push for that top two. And I look, it's the first match day, but you, are yeah. you, you I'm sure you're confident I, in the fact that you could reach the. I'm not gonna or at least. Oh, but, absolutely, yeah, I am. I am. I'm not gonna go off early, but if we can win our next one. We're we're over halfway there for a top two. Mm. If we can if we can win our next one, that's very important now. And it's worth noting, Michael will, will know for sure. I, I believe that's our first Europa League group stage win since two thousand and twelve. Wow, blimey, long time. Um, that's correct. There was a, there was there was actually quite a few stats on that game. Heaps, oh, Michael, yeah. um, them off. Ah, uh, shall I name one? It's not really for Greek football, but. Rather interesting because you you came up against Barcelona in the Champions League back in two thousand and one. Yes. Now, who in that Villarreal side was in that Barcelona squad? Ooh. In what year? I have to have a look. Two thousand one. Let me have a look. Wait, they're still a player. Blimey! He, okay. he, hey, he started. He started. He started for Villarreal. Brianna. It's got to be Reina. It's got to be Reina. Yes. yes. Oh, it's Pepe Reina. Yeah. Who else can it be? Yeah. <laughs> He he was yeah. a hero when he was playing for Villa four years ago. Forgot he yeah. even played for Villa, to be honest. Yeah, your old boy, Nickel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, your old I, boy. Too. I saw that. Yeah, my old boy too, and Christian. <laughs> hey, he's he's Liverpool yeah. too. Yeah, one of mine as well. I, I, well yeah. I, I I couldn't believe when I saw that stat. Could not believe my eyes. I was shell shocked. I'm going, jeez. <laughs> 41 years of age and still going strong and starting against Panathinaikos. Yeah. <laughs> well, I found that quite interesting. But yeah, there well, was quite Spanish a few... Re- you, yeah. you probably have the, um, the exact record. Our record against the Spanish sides was one yeah, I remember. Terrible. Yeah, it's terrible. Right. <laughs> um, but, okay, enough laughing now. Time to write some you, rocks. You, 
Well, you've beaten Barcelona, you've beaten Sevilla, and you've beaten Mallorca. Now you've beaten Villarreal. And, and you know those what, are the, what, those what, the stats. Out of all 32... Out of all 31 games, you have played against Spanish sides. Yeah. I was confident, uh, Michael. But then I saw something that sort of threw me off about a day or two ago. When you think Europa League, you think Sevilla. That, that's how I see it. Do you know who, which yes. team's taken the most points in Europa League history? It's actually Villarreal. Villare- really? Villarreal. That's, yeah. a, that's an interesting yeah. stat as well. I'll, I'll, send you, I'll send you the photo after the actual Europa League page. I posted the, the graphic, the all-time table, and it's Villarreal on top. That, that caught me by complete shock. Yeah. So they've got standing. They've got pedigree in this competition. So it's even sweeter. And again, I, I don't need to go into the backstory, but everyone knows where we've come from five, six years ago, how dire the situation was. But yeah. look, yeah, amazing result for Banthanagos. Great start to the Europa League campaign. And uh, I guess now Greg has just come in at the right time because we move on to Brighton versus Ajax. 3-2 at the Amex Stadium. Amazing, amazing win for Ajax. And uh, I was actually at the ground, uh, didn't see the game, but I w- I did uh, help report on this game from the Greek football perspective for uh, BBC Southwest. So uh, very pleased with that. But yes, uh, and I even got I even got a match day scarf as well, Greg, as well. So I got the half and half, even uh, I and Brighton uh, scarf just to, for, to remember the day. Um, but look, three, two foot to Ayek away from home. Uh, Jibril Sidibe scored in the 11th minute. And then uh, Jao Pedro, not the one from the Super League, the actual Jao Pedro, uh, scored in the, a penalty in the 30th minute. And then just before halftime, Garcinovic scored in the fourth uh, in the 40th minute. Um, and then Jao Pedro equalised with another penalty to make it two all. And then in the 84th minute, uh, Ezekiel Ponce scored uh, to make it three two and a massive massive win for Ajax. A uh, bit of a downer for Brighton on their uh, debut in Europe, and and after um, me saying that I think it'll be a good game for um, for Brighton fans, they'll uh, be really upset that I curse them. So apologies, Brighton fans, but massive, massive win for Ajax. And and you know what, Greg, the, the the circumstances going into this game were pretty crazy, considering you only had one fully fit centre back in in Mitoglu, and then you had to play Szymanski as an auxiliary centre-back. So that gives even more credit to um, Alameda for ha- having to work with what he's got. Well, he got the tactics completely spot on. So with uh, you know, with the worry about defence, which we spoke about in the podcast at the start of the week, um, he went there with a very good formation, which was very dangerous in attack, um, which kept Brighton on their feet. Um, yeah, they, they definitely uh, gave us a bit of... Uh, pressure through the game, that's for sure. But what uh, Mitoglu and um, and Simanski did in uh, defence was uh, outstanding. Um, so credit to them um, uh, for that. And then playing attack was uh, phenomenal. Um, the goal from uh, City Bear was uh, one of the... It's, I think it's up for the goals of the, of the day at the moment. So I'm hoping that gets voted the winner. Um, uh, uh, and then the counter attack at the the winning goal with uh, Ponce and Eliasson combining that was uh, just unbelievable. Haven't felt that type of uh, intense nervousness for the end of a game for a long time. Uh, there was 13 minutes of extra time, which I thought was pretty excessive. Hajisafi did suffer an injury and was down probably about five six minutes, but there wasn't too many huge stoppages after that. So when I saw 13 minutes, uh, it was uh, it was one nervous wait. 
Um, but full credit to the team. And just what I was saying before, uh, I thought Mitoglu and Simanski, I thought they performed just as well as uh, Mukudi-Vinda um, centre-back pairing. With probably a bit more speed, I know. They were great. Uh, we've been really a bit shaky lately with those two at the back. So that was something that was a pleasant surprise. So unbelievable. It's um, I'm just trying to look at the numbers. It's, um, I think, our third or fourth win in England uh, for AEC, but it's been a long time. Um, and to do this against one of the most informed clubs in Brighton, in, in the English Premier League. I mean, all we heard about before then was how much we're potentially going to cop it. Um, people that don't know Ayek were telling me how we're going to, you know, pack the bars. You're going to cop three, five nil minimum. Um, nata, fata. Learn Greek football, people, and see what we're talking about. Because uh, what the Greek clubs are doing at the moment is pretty darn special. Yeah, and uh, look, it's it's a the, considering they um, beat Manchester United um, at Old Trafford on the weekend. You know, I, I think I think a lot of people who may not have known Greek football, and even those who did, maybe rightly thought that Brighton would be the absolute favourites for this game. And you look at their team, you know, Soli March, Ansu Fati on loan from Barcelona, Matoma, João Pedro, Pascal Gross. You know, these are some really really top top players. Um, but Ayek and um, and Matthias Almeida uh, came to um, <laughs> Brighton and spoiled the party for them. <laughs> for their the crazy thing debut. is, the crazy thing is, if 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 Levi Garcia had his shooting boots on, we could have scored more. Uh, when we were leading one nil, he missed um, two one on ones. Uh, one the keeper saved. Uh, the other one was a, a, just a wayward shot that was way off. So his form is definitely down. He needs to get back into form. So pretty uh, interesting to considering that um, we had a couple of other chances where. You know, I think in, 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 maybe if it was Ponce, he probably would have scored those. Um, so credit there. It was just an all-round phenomenal um, effort. And and look, go, going... Well done to the travelling fans. The travelling fans were fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I was... I went from the beginning of the game, before I before I left after the interview, I, I heard them for, because I was around that side. And it was unbelievable how 1,500 fans made that kind of noise in the Amex. It was amazing. <laughs> Um, and in, and also in your group, Greg, it ended three three between Ajax and Marseille, so that puts you top to begin uh, to start the group stages as well. And I guess beating Brighton, who are arguably, if not the best team in the group, on paper, you're I'm sure you're confident going into those games against Ajax and Marseille because those teams are in a bit of a mess, obviously, because Ajax are not doing so great in the Eredivisie, and Marseille have just sacked their manager. Or no, he's he left actually. I should say he left. So yeah. I'm sure that you'll feel confident going into those games as well. It gives us, look, it gives us a, a confidence boost. You saw our players, once we went 1-0 up, the confidence, it, they had wings in their feet after that and we really took it to them. So um, definitely gives us confidence. Look, they're going to be still very, very hard games. I'm sure Brighton's going to be looking for revenge when they come to to Athens to play us there. But um, yeah, look, first in the group gives us a world of confidence and gives you something to really want to play that extra level for. So that's done us a world of good. Nico, you had something you wanted to say. I did. I just wanted to. Uh, you you touched on it very briefly about Brighton, that fairy tale, their first game. I I think that plays a role. We I spoke about Villarreal. They're not at their absolute peak at the moment, but they've got that pedigree in the competition. Brighton, they they're killing it in the Premier League. Europe's a different ball game, totally different ball game, and it, a lot of players. Okay, the Premier League form, yeah, they're killing. It. As I said, they it, it's very different. It's very different. And the commentators that uh, touched on it as well in, in the coverage, you, and everyone's saying it, you've got the Greek clubs like Ake in this case that are battle-hardened year in, year out, Europe. Yeah, I mean, have never never experienced it before. 
And and that's what I mean. People forget that I actually have a really long history in this competition being, you know, reaching the semi-finals of this tournament as well, way back when in the old UEFA Cup. And I think that because it's English football, they don't really think about Banthanagos, Olympiagos, and I can even bulk to an extent more recently, kind of having these uh, finishes in, in Europe because they're just like, oh, it's a Greek team. And so I think people, they seem like they underestimate them a bit. Christian, you had something you wanted to say. Yeah, man. I mean, I just wanted to touch on, Greg did speak about Almeida's tactics throughout the whole night and, you know, spot on. Absolutely. And I think one thing you should be really given a huge amount of credit for, the attacking switches up top came at the most ideal time. Yeah, because, you know, Ponce, I think it was Ellison, just really freshened up their attack for the last 30. And I don't know about you guys, but if I'm Ponce, I'm salivating at the ball he got from uh, Eliasson to finish the game. Like, that's the best service you could have asked for. Like, it doesn't come much better than that. And interestingly, with um, Ponce's uh, winner, his initial shot was actually saved by Steele and then the rebound off Steele, then off Ponce, and then for, for 3-2. So, yeah, that was maybe fortuitous, but no, and they deserved it 100%. And I reckon this was the most surprising result out of the three, but a pleasant one. Absolutely. Yeah, it's massive for it Greek football. Yeah. You know, to have, have uh, you know, we'll go into the other games, but three out of four teams winning, it's going to be massive for the coefficient and it's a great start. And hopefully there's consistent victories for all teams throughout the uh, throughout the group stages to not only get teams into the into the knockout stages, whether that be in the Conference League or the Europa League, but um, it'll help, help bump up Greece to try and get to that 15th spot because it, Greece really need it. And, and we've had so many years where Greek teams just haven't turned up or not qualified or just been absolutely rubbish so i i hope that this season we can actually have a good one in in europe for all teams michael you wanted to say something yeah look this was ike's second win in england out of all seven visits first one all the way back in 1976 against derby county of all teams <laughs> and that was a 3-2 win as well 47 years yes, apart. Um, yeah. yeah, it was 47 years apart. I think that was the old the old UEFA Cup. It was, yeah. And, and, that, and that was yes. the season they reached the semi-final as well. 76-77. Yes. yes, that was the season. that Yeah, that Ike team will forever be remembered. Um, um, but fucking bloody great result for Ike. I, I did not see this one coming given how uh, Brighton are playing uh, football and how they played Manchester United over the past weekend. Um, yeah, full credit to them, full credit to Almeida, especially especially how they came in with the squad, with depleted squad, coming in with bare bones in the defence and going in with a setup like that against an informed, an informed team that just beat Manchester United at Old Trafford. Well done. Absolutely well done. Yeah, well, well done to well done to Ajax for that win, you know, and and, and I think we've all, all said like the the win for Banthanagos was a tough one against Villarreal, but this was probably the biggest result of the night for for Greek clubs. Um, and so moving on, last game of the Europa League, and I'm sure sure most people um, aren't as upset as me and Christian are for this one, but Olympiagos three two defeat in Gariskaki for uh against Freiburg we tried to have get our revenge but we ended up just giving them the win on the plate unfortunately um so in the in the within the first 10 minutes uh 
Nicholas Fryer, who I have defended on this podcast for <laughs> against my better judgment, um, gave absolutely gifted Freiburg the lead um, through uh, Salah, not that other Salah, the other Salah in the ninth minute. Um, so to give to put Olympiagos behind just before half time, El Kabir, amazing header uh, to equalize, and then just as we are about to enter half time. Banagatis Redsos, who's had a good season up to this point, conceded a penalty and Griffos scored in the seventh minute of added time. And then just 15 minutes before normal time ended, El Kabir scored again to make it 2 all, And we looked like we might be able to get something from this game. But then poor marking in the box led to Philippe scoring the third and final goal of the game in the 86th minute to give Freiburg another win in the space of a year in Birea. So... Really disappointing for uh, from Olympiagos, and I would say early doors. The game, the the scoreline doesn't reflect the performance of Olympiagos as a whole. I thought Martinez set us up really well, um, and I thought that we actually played really good football. And looking at the XG, we actually outperformed them. Gustas Fortunis on Weisgart was given man of the match. Uh, says it all, really. But you know, when you make individual errors like that in Europe, uh, you pay for it. And fair play to Freiburg for getting taking those opportunities. Christian, you're the other Libyagos fan in this uh, in this uh, podcast today. How do you feel? Uh, very, very frustrated, mate. There's no doubt about that. Um, we'll just go on the game uh, back to front quickly. Uh, the back pass from Freo was a shocker. Like That was just horrendous. There's no doubt about that. You know, Sol Pascalak is completely short, and there you go, 1-0. From there, and they said it in the call, you know, we did well to, you know, respond and try to get an equaliser, which we eventually did. Uh, another candidate I thought came out of the match was Roddy Ney. Like, he, his work rate up and down the right was absolutely super. He didn't stop all night. Same with Fortunis as well uh, through the middle. And, of course, El Carby with the brace. Um, and then, you know, when we thought we were done with the stupid errors, Red Sauce... Uh, you know, gives away a needless spot kick and, you know, we go into the break 2-1 down. But again, you know, the fighting spirit was still there. We thought we got a point when Al-Kabi scored his second. but And the third one, I'm not too sure that it was a case of poor marking. I reckon it just fell to uh, Maximilian Phillip, you know, quite fortuitously off of just a, a header off a corner. And, yeah, unfortunately, we go down. But just quickly before, you know, I'll throw to someone else they want to give their thoughts. I was, I was very surprised that there was no yellow card, maybe even borderline red given to the guy who scored Freiburg's first goal, Salai. You know, he used his arm to get in the face of uh, Santiago Hetze and he was he went off, I think, really badly concussed. Like, he couldn't mm. continue. Like, a, a huge, you know, gash on the forehead. And no, I was staggered that wasn't a yellow card. Uh, the yeah. ref definitely missed one there. No, I completely agree, Christian. And look, th- this this isn't taking away from the individual areas because at the end of the day, we can only be blamed for our own downfall. But the referee had a terrible game and that was the worst decision of the night. How he didn't even check VAR for Heza, who was bleeding and his nose was broken, um, was a, was quite was quite poor from him, if I'm honest, if I'm putting it without uh, in the nicest of ways. Um, but yeah, the, the referee didn't help last, uh, last night. Um, but like I said, I think, those things uh, didn't help, but we also didn't help ourselves. But I guess, look, I'm trying to, to, to take the positives with we, we played some really good football. And like I said, unlike last season, when we didn't deserve a single thing from when we lost 3-0 in Gareth we probably deserved at least a draw in this, if 
maybe not more, um, despite the scoreline and the result. And so it's not great for us trying to get try, uh, trying to get top two. Um, but I had, do have confidence that while this Olympiagos team is still building and still trying to find itself a little bit under a new manager and and a new kind of era, I, I I'm confident in how we played football overall. Um, and so I hope that things improve and that this is a motivational kind of a thing for the players so that they can come back and, you know, improve for when we travel to Serbia. Because that that game, you know, despite the fact they took it to West Ham, Topola, it's we have to win those two games. You know, there's no no excuse to not win in Serbia and in Gariskaki against them. Nigo, what do you think? I had two two points, but both yourself and Christian. Um, I agree with what you're both saying, actually. Football-wise, performance, well, it's clear that you guys were the better side. And as you said, you both said it. You, you really, you gifted it to them. It was, it was a game of moments, this one. There were back passes galore. They took their chances. You guys didn't. What, what I was going to ask uh, both of you specifically, your thoughts on, uh, uh, you know, my thoughts on Masuras. What about when Masuras broke through? Yeah, he had that chance on halftime, then they go down with a penalty. That's the that other, was the one for me. That's the other issue, Nico. I think that, that a was the lot moment. of huge chances were missed. And, and you know, Masuras... I actually thought he had look. He had a good game, but this is Masuras in a nutshell. Unfortunately, when when it comes to him, sometimes it missed some absolute sitters, and it happened as well with El Kabi early on. You know, he they he missed an absolute sitter, so as did Pep Biel. And then towards the end of the game, Stefan Jovetic came on and looked decent when he did come on, but missed an absolute sitter after we uh, yeah. they scored the yeah. third goal. So you know, again, this is all part of us not helping ourselves, and the the main reason why we didn't get a result. Is because we didn't take our chances and we gave them those goals. So it, we we can blame um, the referee yeah. for certain things, but we ultimately have ourselves to blame for this uh, for this game. No, that's right. And, and as you said, but you touched on it as well. Getting second from here is going to be an uphill battle. From an outside looking in, it's going to be interesting how much time uh, the new coach gets. It's too early to say whether he's going to be a successful failure. I really like your technical director. You've got a football person in. So if he gets given time, it'll be interesting to see how it pans out. You can't really overhaul everything in one transfer window. He's he's sort he's plugged some holes, but your centre backs have to be top priority over the next couple of windows. Um, but you really they this fry you, you haven't really strengthened that area. Let's let's be honest. Uh, well, look, I mean, I think I'll, I'll let I'll let Kristen speak in just a sec, but I think. The, the Nicholas Fryer thing, and you know, we needed a left-sided centre-back and initially it looked like a good signing and I don't think he's a bad player and and I still want, I don't think he should just be ostracised and never play for Libiagos again like we've seen with players in more recent times when they've had a bad game. But he he should take res- full, fully take responsibility for the fact that he led to, uh, partially led to us not winning this game and Arezzos, who's been amazing for us up to this point, had a poor, had a, just that, had a poor game. Penalty. And so, yeah, and, and so, I think maybe maybe Ndoy needed to play this game because I think he would have been a more secure pair, you know, uh, secure partnership with Redsos at the back. But like you said, Nico, maybe that's the area we didn't strengthen quite enough in, even though we brought in Jackson Porozo as well. Um, but yeah, look, uh, this, this, I think look, Martinez, how... I, I think Martinez will get given time because this is one result that, and he, it's not his fault. I, I can't. He set us up correctly. We played good football under him. He can't help what happened in this game so and i think even if you know even if we don't have a successful season by our standards and don't win the league and, and don't and don't do a huge amount in europe i would hope that he's given this season with the understanding that last season was last season was so bad that this is why this season is the transition season for us so and like you said antonio cordon is an exceptional 
sporting director and I feel, I feel like yeah, he's, he, he's brought he's, the right guys, players and manager in for, for this. Uh, Christian, any more thoughts on this game? Yeah, well, Nicola, I, I suppose, spoke to, you know, the missed uh, Masuras chance and, you know, immediately the the other ones come back as well. With El Carbi could have had more than a hat-trick with the amount that, for sure. you know, he sort, of, he sort of squandered as well. But I think it just speaks more to the fact that this was not a Martinez um, hit job, so to speak. Like, this was not on him at all. It was completely the players. It was just those individual mistakes and as well as not putting away the chances and which Freiburg, you know, themselves presented to us on the plate like we did to them. The only difference was they finished theirs and we didn't. So you definitely can't blame Martinez one bit. Um, as far as uh, Freire and um, Retzos, uh, that was my first sort of proper look at them like as a partnership. So I'm going to hold off judgment until I see them a little bit more. But yeah, it's interesting because we had to, I think we, you know, from last season, no more Socrates, no more Cissé, no more Bar. So we cleared a few and, you know, kept Red Sauce and Toy, brought in Fira, Porozzo. I think the jury's still out on how well, um, you know, they'll go and they're probably still learning as well. Yeah, for sure. And and I think, you know, disappointing night for Olympiagos. We're still third because of goal difference, but um, we are still third. So, yeah, we, we, we travel to Serbia next in a couple of weeks. And, we won't and- get lower. Well, nigga, you know what? I, I, I've, I, I've said, I've said a lot of stuff that's gone against what I've, what I thought initially with, with, uh, you know, Friar and, 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 and such. So I, I don't want to say anything too much. I, I expect us to win. I, um, both of those games against the Serbian team, Topola. But let's see, man. Let's see. I look. I, I don't. I'm not going to say that well, that's it. We're done because a lot, a few, uh, not a lot of people. A minority of people have kind of already called it as the end of our season which is ridiculous um if because they clearly didn't watch the game because we played it really we did play really well overall um but i i think that this is a, a like a learning curve for libyagos and and hopefully we can secure some kind of europe for uh the uh, the the start of the next year despite this uh disappointing result but it is an uphill battle now because we now have to go to germany and beat freiburg and we essentially now have to beat West Ham at Karaskaki as well, minimum, um, to even hope of getting second. Because just beating Topola over two games, which isn't guaranteed either, by the way, um, won't be enough to get top two. It might be enough for Europa Conference League, but, you know, we can't can't hold our bets on that. Um, I guess we, we're done with the Europa League now. And now we move on to the Europa Conference League, where Balk uh, also played in an earlier fixture. Uh, they went to Helsinki and it was a... Crazy game, 3-2. Um, so Helsinki actually went ahead in this game through uh, Bande in the 35th minute. Um, and then just and then um, in the 55th minute, Gulyarakis scored uh, to equalise. And then Bulgarian um, forward Giril Despedov scored in the 81st minute. Brandon scored the 94th minute. And despite uh, Helsinki getting a late penalty, it was enough to see Balk win away in Finland. So great result for Balk. Probably the one of the results that um we we expected uh in in, in this week, but you know, still a, still an exciting game for Balk fans and it's a good start for them in the Europe in their Europa Conference League group. Christian, what are your thoughts? Yeah, well, although Balk uh, sort of well they got the three points in this one, this did not look the case at half time at all. Not just from the scoreline, but from the way they were playing. Like I saw this one start to finish they barely created a thing in the first half and neither did um 
uh, Helsinki, to be fair, but they just uh, took the one chance that they got. But then come half time, I don't know what Luchescu said to the boys then, but you know whatever he said worked as well as the changes because they were a completely different team in the second half. Like, and as you sort of touched on, Kuliakis from the set piece, a beautiful header. He was fantastic throughout the entire ninety minutes. Despotov by far was their best attacking threat going forward, and he got rewarded with a goal. And you know, Brandon at the end to finish it off. So, yeah, like they deserve the three points in the end, but they're probably going to want to put you know that sort of performance in for longer than 45 minutes. And like we touched on before with Almeida for Ike, the changes that Chesky made were fantastic as well, I thought. Uh, particularly with, I think it was Ozdoyev, and he also brought on he also uh, Tyson. Brandon yeah, as well. Tyson. Yeah, Tyson, I, I thought it was Ozdoyev for uh, Singaras and Tyson in the second half. That really made a difference. Tyson in particular was fantastic going forward too. Yeah, and so look, this uh, this result means that Balk uh, have also had a really really good start to their um, to their uh, conference league group, and like we said, it's <laughs> good time of year to go to Finland as well. They've saved themselves having to go in like really really cold conditions where it might have been even more difficult. Um, uh, so Nigo, I'll go with you first. You have something you want to say? Yeah, th- this result sort of flew under the radar. It's a it's a solid result. It's not getting the like obviously Helsinki's there, they're no Villarreal and Brighton, obviously, but they've still got to go there and win. How many times have we seen Greek clubs be favourites in these away these evidence that are hard places to go to and lose? It happens quite frequently. The credit to them, they got the job done. They came from behind. A uh, couple of things: the synthetic pitch that that would have thrown bulk out. Mm. So that would have taken some yes. adjusting, and then they they worked around that and they came back into the game. The other one was more so for Michael. Between me watching it to now, I haven't had the chance to look look into it more closely. I'm busting my brains try, trying to remember him. There's a Canelopoulos that's play, played for Helsinki. Who is he? Canelopoulos? Yeah. <laughs> uh, he played this game, didn't he? Yeah. I was trying to yes, rack yes, my brains. I, yes. I couldn't get it. Yes, from, from uh, Asteras. Okay. Okay. Oh yeah. Oh my That's goodness! Him. I didn't just catch that. Yeah. Blimey. That's unbelievable. Yeah. It's only twenty. Um. Yeah. Not sad to say. I don't like saying this about a young guy, but he's not the one to look out for. Pretty average player, to be honest with you. Fair enough, Michael. Um. <laughs> but but you know, you know. Well, good luck to him. He's on a new venture. It's his first season abroad. I'm um, see what he can pull off in Finland. I mean. It's not an easy environment to fit in. Not very easy, like, unless your name is Christos Zafiris. I mean, he's killing it in Czech Republic right now. I mean, I just wish he was representing Greece. But, oh, well, can you do? Still possible, um, isn't it, Michael, look, for him to represent Greece? Still possible. Um, that's if he wants to. Mm. If he decides Norway, that's his choice. Um, look, aside from that, a, a puff. Let's get into the game. Um, I, for one, did expect the win, but not, not, not this kind of scoreline. I expected it to be very narrow. Given Balk's history against Scandinavian teams, it's not very. It's not. It's not great. It's not good. Pretty average. We know their history against Ostersunds back back years ago. That was a horror show. But um, I think I think they learned 
after the after those ties years ago when they came up against Copenhagen um in the group stages two years ago. I think I think they now I think Luchescu now knows how to go into these games. I think he got it all he got it all wrong at the start, but after those changes, as Christian pointed out, um with Ojoa and Tyson, Tyson really changed the complexion of the midfield. Just gives a new dynamic to attack. And then brought on Brandon and, and I've been pretty critical of Brandon um uh but because I, I was actually against Dan Falk resigning him a new contract. But you know what? He's coming off the bench and he's scoring goals and you just wonder, man, he's doing all he's doing more more work than Samada has doing been doing lately. And uh well good on him for getting in the goal the mm. getting him in the goal. Um but you just got a question the the who is leading the attack? Who is really leading leading that attack? That's the only negative negativity that I find. The main negativity that I find from Park out of this game. Who is leading that attack? It's not Samata. That's that's for sure. He's he's been really poor since he signed. Go on, Christian. You had something you wanted to say. Yeah, I think Michael and initially Nico, I think was spot on about Samata, like. Nico in our chat called it beautifully. He's, I think, quite anonymous. Or you use something to that, I think, affect Nico back back then when he first signed. But and the proofs in the pudding, I think, this morning, like he, okay, he held the ball up okay, but in terms of getting on the end of chances or getting any himself, he just couldn't muster a thing. And another, unfortunately, yeah, yeah, yeah. unfortunately, Samara, I've lived it. I've I've seen it. I've lived it. Unfortunately, very easy to see it coming. Yeah, yeah. another player that that I think was really good this morning, uh, uh, Abdul Rahman Barber was very good going forward and defending for Park as well. So he he went a bit unheralded, I reckon, as well. Do you know what, Christian, about Baba? As much as we criticised him in the past about when Park first signed him, and now he's come back, um, you know he's really gotten his legs back. Like he's the he was that um. Good old young Baba that we saw at Schalke before he went to Chelsea. This is the Baba of old days. Um, you know, good on him. I mean, they found the true left back that they needed, Balk. I mean, they have that they have that Rafa Suarez guy, but I mean he's not really done anything since he joined the club. So I think Balk over the summer have got most of their signings right, apart from Samata. Like if they can find a true striker, maybe get rid of Samata in the in the winter window. Man, they got a they got a squad that can compete at least. Yeah, yeah and they I think win. so. Yeah, go on, go on, Christian. Yeah, so I was just gonna say, I think so far no goals uh, for Samatha as well. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Or if there has been, it's definitely less than five. Yeah. None. He's had none. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. And they they did go under the radar with their transfer windows overall uh, with their transfer window overall this summer. I know the with the exception of Despidov because that was a pretty big signing for them. But yeah, they're, they're, I think they've made some clever signings that not, weren't necessarily necessarily like the big names. I know Babarahman's played for Chelsea, but yeah, they, they, I think Lesescu is strengthened, and I'm sure that Bug fans will tell me there's areas that, that still need strengthening. I'll have to ask Alain for, about that. But um, generally, I think they've they look like a, co- a collected team. Um, and then, and well, they've got a tough test next because they play, uh, they play, um, Frankfurt at home. Yes. Um, but look, if, if all of these other Greek clubs can go away and, and host these big teams from, from the top five leagues and get a result, 
uh, Olympiakos being the exception, um, then you never know. Balk could do the same. Uh, but Frankfurt are a, are a tough one. They're a tough team. Any last thoughts on the Euro- on the uh, Greek performances in Europe, guys? Yeah, I'd love to give the... <laughs> I should have asked individually if I was speaking the same <laughs> time. <laughs> right, Michael, you go first. I'm going to do this in order. Oh, look. I mean, look, apart from the loss from Olympiacos, it's actually given us a big boost in the rankings. In terms of points, not in terms of rankings. We're still 19th, so we gained 1,200 points. Those are from the three wins, so 400 points for each win. Now, it's good that we good, good that we got these points because the countries that are above us, such as Israel, Ukraine, um, uh, I forgot the other nation. I've gone blank. But anyways, the above nations above Greece, they have two or three teams left remaining in the in their respective competitions. So as long as we racking up these draws or wins, I, I we can't afford losses. I mean, I can't afford a loss if if the team is playing good. But ideally, we want draws, wins, boost our rankings. Because um tonight was really good. Um, hopefully the hopefully we get the same something like this in match day two, mm. um, which would be really good for our ranking. And um, just to quickly, ch- before I go to Christian, um, the teams above us um, from uh, are Ukraine, Israel, Czech Republic, Norway in 15th. And to be fair, Denmark are fairly far away, but they've only got two teams out of four, out of a possible four. So, you know, I'm not saying that Greece can get up to 14th this season. They probably can't even get to 15th this season with regards to points, depending on how well teams do. But um, look, like Michael said, it's big boost for points and it gets us that closer to uh to um get you know moving up in the rankings and ukraine above above us only have two teams and they had a really poor night of it a poor time of it in europe this week um christian your thoughts uh final thoughts on europe this week yeah so i just want to touch briefly back on uh park and specifically uh Kuliarakis just for a moment mm. and this kid is the the sky's the limit for this kid and then some like he's he's you know not just his defensive, you know, capabilities, but on the ball, just hitting, you know, these crossfield passes and whatnot and ability to pick those out. Like the kid's class. And no wonder I think ACM Alarm recording him in the summer. Like he's got a big future. But and in terms of the um I guess the four clubs in, you know, the European action, if you asked all of us pre these games starting, we would have taken a seventy five percent, you know, success rate. Absolutely. You you prefer a hundred, obviously, but mm. no, I mean you take three out of four wins any day. Yeah, for sure. Nico, last thoughts. Christian actually stole my thunder partially. I was just, I was just gonna say uh, what what we. It's good to see the performances of young Greek kids shining on the continent. Firstly, Kuliarakis, and secondly, Ioannidis. For sure, because it kind of gives them that more credibility and Greek players' credibility too. Because um, I'm still of the opinion that Greek players are hugely undervalued for what they are in um, in Europe when it comes to the European game compared to maybe other nations as well. Great minds think alike, Christian. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. And just on you, know, I think it's like that finish, I didn't get to say it before, but that finish was just pristine. It was beautiful. Like he couldn't have taken it any better. Okay, I guess unless I, I think I think goes. the hang on, I think I think the best goal out of all the Greek clubs was from Despadov. Mm. You seen it? Yes, I have. <laughs> what a goal, man! Absolute shit house. Absolute shit house. 
Well, that's what they paid the money for, three million. Yeah, exactly, exactly, <laughs> man. What can you say? You 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 buy, you buy oh, the player. And he has to make. He has to take those chances, doesn't he? Um. Yeah. So I guess I, that... I laughed. I laughed how it went in because the goalkeeper was so lost, and you you know, looking at it as a neutral, I'm just going. You know, I feel sorry for the guy. You know, the ball's just fucking swirling around on the fucking pitch. It's creeping in over the goal line and the goalkeeper's just looking around. Where's the ball? Where's the ball? Shit. <laughs> it's right behind <laughs> him and it crept in. Man, you'd feel sorry for the goalkeeper there because I don't think Despotov any, had any thought how he took the shot. It's just funny how it went in. <laughs> goal of the night. Um, right now we can move on. I mean, I guess a quick footnote. I guess Gostad Simikas play started. He actually got a game against Lask, um, and they Liverpool won that game. So I don't know how well he played. Liverpool boys in the chat, quick thought on how he played. If you got to catch that, if at all, if you did see it, uh, Pavlidis play. Bavlidis played as well, to be fair. Yeah, his team um, as Akma lost four four three. It looks that like was three nil up at half time. Yeah, against Zielinski. Um so yeah, yeah. That, yeah, yeah look. that's that's yeah, very unlike Dutch teams to do that. I was shocked when I saw that when I turned my phone back on. Pavlidis did get an assist as well, I think. They okay. assisted their third goal. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. I guess and look, I don't know how well Zimikas played it for Liverpool, but he, he got a game, so that's that's something, I guess. Um, uh, Jimmy Gus did good. Good, he had a good performance. Just, yes. just he did what he kept to do. He's a backup left back. I can't ask any more from him. Yeah, exactly, but exactly. As we've said, look, I'm I'm now one of those guys now. As as much as I want him to stay, he needs a club for. He needs a he needs another club where he can play week in week out. Mm. But uh, he's signing a new deal. He's getting an increase in wages. Ah. Uh, that's that's his choice, um, but hey, as much as we want him to leave, ah, what can you do? No, nope, what can you do? It's his choice. Um, okay, so uh, next we well, lastly, we'll move to the Super League because there are Super League games this weekend as well. Um, so on Saturday, first game will be Ofi because they will host Adromidos, and I think we said last week just quickly uh, before we before we ended the podcast that. It's going to be a tough one by Romitos to go to Ovi, who are having a really good start to the season. And, and obviously, Ovi at home in general is a tough place to go for any team in the Super League. So that's going to be a tough one for them. Uh, Bansaraigos hosts La Mia. So two relegation, well, two sides who have been uh, painted as the relegation candidates. Um, so that's going to be an interesting one too. Uh, and then on Sunday, Olympiagos hosts Kifishia in a game that I hope Olympiagos go out there and absolutely slap up Gifishia. Sorry, Gifishia fans. Uh, but I want us to win quite substantially. Um, Aris hosts Banatoligos in Thessaloniki. Volos hosts Asteras Tripolis. Basjanina hosts Balk. So that will be an interesting one for Balk. Um, and then the big one on Monday, I assume this is on Monday rather than Sunday because it's in Athens and obviously... Um, Olympiagos, we would have been playing the same day if it was on a Sunday. Uh, the big one, the the Athens derby, although I guess I'm going to get criticised for calling Aik an Athens club again. Barathanaikos against uh, Aik at Leoforos. So massive game, Nigo. 
Um, I guess you'll you'll be confident going into this game, but so are Ike fans, considering you both did so well in Europe. In Europe, so yeah, that and it's at Leoforo. So no, I'm looking forward to it. Should be good. The reason for it being moved to the Monday, I believe, was uh, Ike requesting to push it back from their travels from Europe. So that that's caused a bit of a stir because last year Almeida was saying Ike's got the squad depth to handle two competitions, and now they're requesting to get it pushed back. Me personally, I don't have a major issue with it because we're, we're invariably at some point in the season, we're going to go through it as well. Have to travel away to Europe and come back for a derby. There's mm. so many derbies in Greece. I'm sure it's going to happen to us mm. as well. I don't have a big issue with that. My issue is more with the uncertainty with the referee for this one. That's been I was going to ask you topic. about that. Yeah, I'm not sure where it's at at the moment. Yeah, because there were talks about it maybe that obviously derbies, are, I know Madinakis, the president of the Super League, has made it clear that derbies featuring the big the big sides should have foreign referees um and Ebo are not being as uh cooperative with with Marinakis as maybe they should be um so it's it's we'll, I guess we'll find out whether they this game gets a Greek referee I mean the game between Ayek and Olympiagos had a foreign referee so surely this one should as well I'd be surprised if there was a Greek referee I think it's going to be a last second thing foreign referee that's just me having a wild stab in the dark yes Christian, no, yeah. no name, no idea on who. Yeah, yeah. Christian, any thoughts? Yeah, look, uh, we brought you brought up the travel uh, that I are going to have to do, Nico. I think that's ultimately actually what's going to cost them a result in this one. I just can't. As good as they were against Brighton uh, this morning, our time. I just think you know, back to back, you know, away trips, you know, and then going to a pack, uh, Leo Fotos. I don't see how they get a result purely just based on that. I think, I just think they'll be knackered. Yeah, no, it's exactly that. And the onus being a home game for us, the onus is on us to take it to them and pressure's on to, to get the three points. And we'd be saying the same if it was in reverse, if we were the away side for them. That, that's how the derby's usually working, Grace. Yeah, and, and believe me, having travelled to that part of, of Europe consistently, yeah, look, look, it's nothing compared to what you guys have to do in Australia, but it is a long journey. It's it's like long distance. I know Cyprus is whenever I go to Cyprus, it's like the longest dis like the longest distance you can travel from the UK into into the EU. So yeah, it it like but then you know, like, like Christian said, that might be the difference maker for Ike having to travel. I assume it would be today they travel back before they play Bavanagos. But then, you know, they, they have the extra day of rest when they normally play on a Sunday. <laughs> You guys are going to go through it. You guys are going to cop that issue. We're going to cop it, cop it as well at some stage as well. It's yeah. inevitable. It's going to happen. That, that's that... part and parcel of, of being one of the big clubs in the country. Yeah, exactly, Nick. And th and, th and that's the point. You know, the, the, there's the, the, you're in Europe for a reason, and, and if you have the squad depth, then you'll be prepared to play these games, even if you're not. And look, I know Ayak have their in injury issues as well, particularly in defence. But yeah, uh, it, it's part and parcel of you know play, competing in Europe and being at a top level club because all the top level clubs who want to compete in European competition have to go through these these periods where they're going to be playing midweek, weekend, midweek, weekend and travelling, etc. Um, but guys, any last thoughts on, on, on for the Super League this weekend before we wrap up? Oh, we're talking about, if we're going to talk about relegation favourites, it's definitely Panatolikos. Yeah. I'm um, putting that, that straight up. I'm putting that straight up. Um just don't like how they made their transfers. Yes, they brought back some um, Greeks that were once 
you know, uh, they, they they once had the world at their feet, Capino, Economo, Mavrias, uh, but these guys are done. I don't know why. I mean, it's it's a good thing that they brought these guys back, um, back playing in Greece, but these guys have had history. Um, just not in, not they've not been consistent throughout their years. Um, but yeah, I just don't see how they're going to cope this season, especially with this this coach that they have. Um, I, I was reading all the reports, or you know, during the summer window, or oh, that is that is a, that is a, that is a new guy abroad. He's going to bring some his ideas to Greece. No one will know about it. Blah blah blah. And I'm like this this shit again. We we hear about it with every other foreign coach that comes to new countries in Europe. This guy's from Argentina, so he's played in Greece before. So what? I mean, what's what's new about him? Gabriel Schurter. Like, yeah, so yeah. what if he played for Olympiacos twenty years ago? Like, <laughs> what difference does it make? Man, I, I was, this is this is no joke. This is these were the reports. This is what the reports were saying over the summer. It's just a joke, and just seeing their their signings, it's just ridiculous. Man, I don't know how they're going to end up. Definitely last, of course, but the future does not look bright for them at the moment. Even though they got um, works on the stadiums going, um, they're going to at least brighten it up a little bit. Um, but I don't see them doing well this season at all. Well, maybe the, the the thought behind bringing those kind of former, you know, potential players who haven't actually had the best of careers um, is mainly down. I guess it could be down to the fact that they brought in Garellis, who who was also previously a highly rated player that didn't kind of go the, in the direction that people thought he would, and he came back and did well for Banatolikos. So maybe that's the mentality. And they do have a fair few Greeks in their team. They also have Bagakis as well, which I, I forgot about he, that he was there. Um, and they had oh yeah, and this is this is the team that had fake Jao Pedro. I was trying to think which which team in Greece also had a Jao Pedro. Yes, <laughs> it's Banatolikos. Yes. Um, so yeah, maybe that's the reason why um, that, that that they've decided to go this route of bringing back former potential players because it's worked kind of worked for them uh, more recently. But yeah, uh, as it stands right now, it, it isn't worked, working. It worked, it worked with Garelis, yes, one, but Capino, Economo, Mavrias, they've been very inconsistent over the years. And they have like, others, you know why? what? They have Buzukis as well. They have. Uh, Canidis as well from Olympiagos, former youth player. They have a fair few, actually, former sort of like potential players that kind of just haven't made it. Um, but yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. Christian, any thoughts? It, it... Yeah, look, I was just going to say their opponents this week, artists, could not have a better opportunity just to get a free three mm -hmm. points, do they? Like, mm. if they can't beat this Panathotikos side at the moment, just with what they're going through. In fact, what we're seeing on the pitch, like more heads are going to roll there. Like Artis could not have asked for, to play Panathotikos at a better time. Definitely. Yeah. Considering Artis got a good result, a good draw against Baal last weekend. Um, and they don't have Europe to contend with as well. You know, they'll, they'll be fit and ready. Uh, for, well, I mean, Banatolikos don't have Europe either. Um, but, you know, I, I, th I think that it's a, it's a good, like you said, Christian, it's a good opportunity for artists to get a, a like a, a resounding win for them. And then um, and then after that, artists are going to play Olympiagos at Gariskaki. 
midweek. So that'll be an interesting one when we get to that. But we'll we'll get to that when we get to it. So I guess unless anyone has any last thoughts, I'll I'll wrap up if 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 that's oh, cool. So uh, thank you very much, guys, for listening. We yeah. really appreciate all the support. Uh, let's sorry, there. Let's go, not forget the there is a mid, there, there is a midweek round after this after this one. Yes. So um, we're gonna be we're gonna be absolutely hammered with games which is which is fantastic the more the better yeah definitely and and and, and we'll we'll put our podcast early in the week and then we'll 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 cover yeah. the midweek games before that and we can even do a podcast after the midweek games as well potentially if people are around which and good. one last thing how can i forget this weekend starts super league 2 super league 2 is back Man, how yeah. how late is it compared to the other leagues this year, Michael? Is it one of the last again? <laughs> or is it the last yes, again? Yes, it know. is. Oh, yeah, it is the last again. Right. <laughs> well, at least your, your boys, Larissa, are going to start. So, you know, we will get some, hopefully get some thoughts from you early doors because uh, it's nice for you to talk about your actual uh, Greek club that you support. Yes, yes, yes. Can't wait for it. You'll be enjoying my rants if there is any. Um, the only stupid thing is, the broadcasting rights. It is horrendous. They only select it's like Sky Sports in England right now, Steve. I'm I'm sure you know about it. <laughs> and we're hearing started. about it here too. They're so they're like selecting matches who they're gonna who they're gonna cover who they're gonna cover. It they're doing the same for the Super League too. Like they've got all these channels in Greece, Nova Sports, Gosmot there. They're not broadcasting shit. It's Earth. Seriously? And they're broadcasting select matches. Insanity in Greek football. That the gift that keeps on giving. Well, I'm going to keep on saying that. Like seriously. So they're going to be showing two matches per week of the second division. Two matches. Is that it? Two oh, matches. Something like something like that. Something like that. There's like, two. There's two like, groups. Like, so they're only showing like, one from each group. I know. Last season was like three, four matches per round, and that's in that is that is between the north and the south group. There you go. Crazy Greek football, the gift that keeps on giving. Yeah, and I'm sure that's not the last time we'll hear you say that. Yeah, and justifiably so. Oh, <laughs> goodness! I'll keep. Me. I'll. I'll keep on saying it, man. I love. I love that quote. I live by it. I live and die with it. You get a t-shirt here. <laughs> you should get a tattoo. <laughs> I will. <laughs> Yeah, just just for a reminder, Super League Two starts this weekend. Twenty four teams split between the North and South groups, so 12, 12 teams each group. Um, my club's in the North group, and I'd say our strong competition is Levadiakos. The rest of them, such as Iraklis, Iraklis are going down, boys. They've got no players. Um, they've lost all the good players to the first division. They've been picked up by them. Um, South group, I see, I see Kalamata, the big favourites. They've made mm. some pretty good signings over the summer, like Barales and other and others too. And he's there. And just quickly, they've got, they've got, they've invested very well. Just quickly as well, Michael. There's been a lot of talk about um, Galithea as well. Any 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 kind of thoughts on them going into this season? Because they have big investment. Strong content. Yeah, strong contenders too. Unlucky that they missed out last season to give a shout. Um, but yeah, I see them. I see them going for it again. Um, no doubt about it. Um, 
given that their new new rebranding or whatever they've gone through, new ownership, I should I should say, mm-hmm. um, they will want they will want to be in the first division, and it would be a long time to have Galifea back in there. Um, yeah, after time. many years, yeah. Um, personally, I don't want them there. I'd rather Kalamata. Fair enough. Kalamata would Kalamata look. Kalamata have history in the first division more than there, more than Galifea. Look, we've seen Kalamata in in the past beat the. They gave it to the big teams. I'm sure you know about it, Nico. Ma, ma, the supporters, Mavri Fiela, isn't that them? Yes, that's them. And it's That's a tough fun. ground to go to. It's another tough very, ground to go to. Very. And yeah. and as I also love to mention every time Galamada gets brought up, they're very famous for their olives and olive oil. There you go. Can't resist it. I can't resist, man. I can't re- Especially if they come up to the first division. I'm just going to mention that every week. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> Anyway, I I think this is a good place to wrap up. So thank you guys so much for listening. Um, we really appreciate all the support we, we you give us online and uh, and on the podcast as well. Uh, keep keep sending us to other people who haven't don't follow us yet because we are so so close to ten thousand followers on Twitter, and it'd be amazing to reach that milestone. Um, and always always uh, recommend the podcast to anyone who you think might be interested in Greek football or just wants a podcast where they hear a few guys rant for about an hour about all things uh, Greek football uh, and please give us a five-star review as well on any uh, platforms that you listen to us to because we are on Spotify Apple Music and any pl- pod part their podcast platform you can think of um, and so yeah thank you guys for joining me thank you Christian Thank you, Nick. Thank you, Michael. And Greg, who did have to leave early, but gave some great insight, obviously, into Ayek. And uh, we'll catch you guys next time.